0: Joe so
1: Clad joins us. Presented by Audi Flatirons. Clatter, how you doing this morning? Doing great. How are you guys?
0: We're doing awesome, man. We're doing well. I mean, relatively. Yeah. I mean, Christmas was great. The family's great. All that kind of stuff. Broncos on Christmas uh, on Christmas Eve. Not so great. Yeah, right. It, Christmas. Yeah. A yeah bit. That, that and that one. And, and you know, we we've been talking about the crossroads here that that the Broncos are at, and obviously salary cap constraints and salary cap situations with Russell Wilson. But I guess I'm of the opinion that you cannot continue to pay a guy 50 plus million dollars to play like a second year quarterback. And if you're pressed against that glass ceiling, so to speak, and you you've done all that you can, like for me, it's like time to move on. And I know he's been better this year, but. Like I can't get that that thought process out of my head, Joel. Where where do you come down on Russell Wilson, the season he's had, and kind of um, what the future holds here in Denver in Denver Broncos country for Russ?
2: Yeah, I I think that to your point, you know, your your dollars have to work, and it's it's more about production per dollar than it is anything else, you know. And and so I think that Sean Payton's going to have to evaluate and and the organization's going to have to evaluate are you getting your bang for your buck because with the with the salary cap where it is you've got to find production and and they're clearly as a roster as a whole you know that they have some limitations because of his contract now when when that contract produces at a level that is uh commensurate with with what he is across the league right in terms of of a top five paid quarterback in the league. Well, if you play like a top five quarterback, then obviously your production per dollar is, is warranted. But when you don't, all you're doing is you're being a limiting factor to your team. So it's not even necessarily about whether you help the team win or lose in in any specific game or quarter or whatever it is. Uh, You know, I've heard you talking about expected point. I don't know how to calculate that either, (laughs) by the way, but to, to me, it, you've got to play where your contract lands in terms of the pantheon of what's going on in the rest of the league, and, and that's pretty clearly not happening. You know, so whether he's played better or not, it doesn't mean that he's he's landing where he should land in terms of the way that they pay them, and maybe that's not his fault, but it's certainly something that needs to,
1: um, I think, change and, and be addressed. How does that get addressed, Joel? And Joel Clatt is our guest, right? I mean, we talk about fit as being so crucial in the NFL. And look, I mean, even if there is room to work here, does it seem like this is a fit? Number one, and number two, if it's not, why keep going down the path if you know both sides aren't satisfied with, with you know with each other, really? Yeah, that, that's the point that I think is is
2: interesting. Is that you know I. I when you watch these games during the course of the year, you get the sense of the frustration from Sean Payton, don't right. you? Yeah. And and much more so than, than in the past. Now, granted, he was coaching a Hall of Fame quarterback in the past who was precise and played within the structure of the offense and got the ball where it needed to be on time and, and in specific situations played a certain way. And I think that's what Sean expects now out of his quarterback. Now, he's not going to be able to duplicate what Drew Brees was able to give him in New Orleans, but he does seem to have a high level of frustration with Russ. And I think that Russ, there are times when he just doesn't see it. And then there are times when he, you can tell he just wants to create. And that's not Sean's offense, to be quite honest with you. It just no. isn't. He builds things in so you can protect yourself. He wants the ball out at the right time, in the right place. And and, and when it doesn't happen, I think that there's a, a good amount of frustration. And when you've got this body of work throughout this entire season, this is not a rookie quarterback that you can think you can develop. This is a guy that is who he is. And at times it looked like that trajectory was, was pointed in a place where this was going to continue to grow and continue to get better. But boy, these last couple of games, it sure seems like that's fallen off the map.
0: Um, some people were asking about like when you go into the, not hurry up, but the kind of two minute, you know, run at the line of scrimmage and, you know, and that goes back to what you were talking about. He wants to just create, but how the offense operates better in those situations, which Sean addressed after the game saying that's not a sustainable form of offense, um, why is it in your in your mind that that that's where Russ like operates the best, and why is that not sustainable? I think that he gets
2: the the more vanilla looks from the defense. You know, when you go sure. fast, this is why you you play up tempo at the college level is because you can predict what you're about to see uh, to a greater degree. It's harder for the defense to change their looks, change their structures, disguise their structures. It's harder for them to create exotic blitzes. Um, And and so you might think to yourself like, well, then go fast all the time. But when you've got a 53-man roster, you can't do that at the NFL level. You don't have enough wide receivers. You don't have enough backs. You're going to put your defense on the field two, three, four more possessions than what they normally would be. If you tried to go fast, so that's why it's an unsustainable offense. Now, could you use it for a game? Probably, and get away. You can probably get away with it, but you can't use that for an entirety of a season. You'd have the last-ranked defense in the National Football League. They would sustain far greater number of injuries, and you would basically, I think, give them and 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 put them subject to. Almost a game's worth or more of snaps than what they would have previously. So you'd be asking your defense to play 18 games or 19 games um, in, in in effective snaps. So th- those are the reasons I think, and and that's why. And one of the other things that that the offense, the offensive structure does when you're in a high tempo two minute mode is that it, it simplifies. You're oftentimes not changing strength a whole lot. You're in a similar protection. You're getting vanilla looks from the defense. Um, all of those things lead to an opportunity to just kind of cut it loose for a drive, have some success, but using it as an offense, he's 100% right. It's totally unsustainable.
1: So, Joel, that that leaves the question, then, what now, right? Broncos basically eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, 5 to 6% chance. I mean, if you want to call that a chance, that's fine with me. But – with, with the with the math not in their favor, I think we can agree there, Joel, that now it's time to make big decisions, right? And if Russ is on this roster past the fifth day of the league year in March, his twenty twenty five salary becomes guaranteed, and that number's fifty-five million. So if you're sitting there as Sean Payton, it's your you know, you're coming to the tail end of your first year on the job, had a chance for the playoffs, maybe if you'd have taken care of business earlier or even against the Patriots, it would look a lot different. But now it hasn't the fit isn't working out. Like you said, there's some frustration bubbling to the surface. Where do you think they go from here? Like, and what are their options, Joel? I think that's the hard part is the options, because I think that
2: if if you were to, to pin them down, I think that you would, you, you would probably get a, a an acknowledgement that it's not working and they should move on, but you never want to change for change sake. You only want to change to get better. By the way, that that's true in all walks of life. You know, a lot of people just want something that's different, but you never want to change just to be different. You only want to change to be better, you know? And and that's the question that the Broncos are going to have to ask themselves. It's not necessarily about the 55 million and Russ specifically, but if you move on, what are the options? And, and th- that's the question that I think is, is so difficult to answer. It depends on who declares in the draft, obviously, where you're at in terms of draft position, um, and and then also who's available on the open market. I do find it quite interesting, though, when you look around the league and you see some of the guys that are actually playing in the backups and the number of backups that have had to play, and Jill Flacco out there pulling you know, it for the Browns, I mean, the, the options are thin, fellas. It's like who who are you moving on to? And I think that's a question that they're going to really have to buckle down and try to answer.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's an incredible situation, and um, you know, it just is one of the that I keep looking. And uh, you know, I, it, it's funny, Joel, as you travel around the league and you, you call games and you see all these all the quarterbacks. There, there is no guarantee. Um, that even if you decide to go back into the draft that you're going to find one i mean Bryce Young is completely overwhelmed right now at the quarterback and he's the number 1 overall pick yeah. and you know and and he was exceptional in college but the nfl game is just so different and it just is it's so hard to evaluate what a guy's going to be what a guy potentially could become and what a guy actually does become it's just a it's just a really it's a really hard thing to do the, the, the college
2: game does a real disservice to quarterbacks because there's a lot of things that are just not a part of, mm. of the college game that are paramount in the, in the National Football League. One of them being protections and the responsibility of protections and how protections can change and morph within the exact same play and concept based on what the defense does. Um, That just doesn't happen a lot in college football. And the reason is, is they try to build in answers to where the football leaves the pocket quickly. And so you get a lot of bubble screens, you get a lot of RPOs, and and their answer to exotic is, well, let's just put the pressure back on the defense by getting the ball out. So what you see is you see a lot, a lot of line of scrimmage throws, bubble screens, quick RPOs, little one-routes, maybe a slant here or there, some hitches. And then what you can see is a lot of nine routes, a lot of go routes. And outside of that, there's, there's not a ton of completions. And so th- the limiting route tree in college football really hurts these guys. One, they don't understand the nuance of the route tree and how to, how to complete all of those passes on the outside and even the tree on the inside to the slot receivers. Then the next part of this is the protection piece. So if you if you're miking a protection right and you're putting a flag out there, Mark, you know you used to use the old L.A. Niner calls of sure. the two jet right rules. So if you're going to slide weak, let's say, and you're going to you're going to slide to the number one threat, okay, and and you've got to decide is that going to be an outside the tackle box player or an inside the tackle box player that you're going to account for because your slide the, the the center and the guard and tackle they're going to slide to three. So is it the two-down lineman and the outside linebacker? Or is it the two-down lineman and this will linebacker that's inside? And you're going to make a call. Well, depending on the way that the defense shifts, you could re You could re the protection so that you can pick yourself up. If you understand that you're about to get a corner or, or some sort of a cat, how are you going to deal with that? Are you going to deal with that with route structure? Or are you going to deal with that with the slide? Can you slide all the way back to the corner? Because you can handle that. In the protection, meanwhile, on the front side, you're scanning with the back or some entity, it could be an H-back, it could be a tight end, he's supposed to scan. Well, his scan is dependent on where that count starts on the back side. So does he have to start his count all the way on the left side of the ball or the weak side of the ball and then scan all the way to the right? So that's just a, a super basic one protection versus a defensive look. And in college, generally speaking, what you get is you call a protection and then the ball is just leaving the pocket quick enough where the guy doesn't have to realize or study or manipulate any of those things. And that's why these guys come into the league and they're not quite ready to play. This is the this is going to be the major question with with Drake May and Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams. He complete, He played with so many RPOs and a lot of line, of line of scrimmage throws. Now he can create after that, but there's some question about like, well, what's his game going to actually look like when we get to the next level? Because it looks right now a little bit more like the bad Mahomes versus the good Mahomes. Because what you see in Kansas City is Mahomes is, is, you know, let's say playing to a degree that might be hurting his offensive line.
1: Yeah, I agree agreed, Joel. Thanks so much for your time this morning. We are right up against it. I'd love to get into you uh, get into Jordan Seaton and all this good stuff real quickly. Uh, predictions for the CFP.
2: Oh gosh, man. I think these games are going to be incredible. I think I think that Alabama wins the Rose Bowl and I like I like Washington in in the uh, the Sugar Bowl and I like Bama against Washington.
1: Okay. You heard nice. it here first. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate it, Joel. Joel.
0: Hey, Merry Christmas. It, Happy New Year, buddy.
1: Yeah, Happy New you Year. Have is, a good one, guys. That's Joel Clapp, presented by Audi Flatirons.